heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your own phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more podcast platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Another, It's another Saturday recording. It's weird for me, but you know what? Like last time I had a first-time guest in Danny, and I actually have a first-time guest this week in Mr. Alex Larson, who was tweeted out heavily yesterday that he's coming on. He's here with me right now. I'm looking right at him. But um, him and Danny actually played in fantasy football last week. I don't know if any of you follow him on Twitter, but Alex, after Thursday, how are you feeling? Welcome to the pod. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, hello, everyone. A. Larson, 12th man, formerly known as uh, Hedge is the Best One, if we all remember that. Uh, yeah, Thursday was it was another nail-biter. The Seahawks always do exactly what they do, and they can never make it easy. Uh, but I'm feeling good. That was one that we absolutely needed. It was one that we had to have. Uh, you know, we've been battling some injuries. We've been down to our third and fourth string running backs, which, you know, they're doing what they can. But, of course, Russell's saving the day per usual. But, uh yeah, man, it felt really good. We needed that one, and I'm just happy we can get, like, 11 days of rest now. Yeah, exactly. That was a game. That's the other thing, too, that a lot of people I don't think realize now is uh, Seattle's next game is Monday night against the Eagles. So Seattle does have a pretty easy, like, going forward. I'm not saying anything bad, but in all the senses of games you needed to have, this was the one where I think it's not even about Russell doing what Russell had to do. The defense really woke up in this game and just kind of showed everyone, like, hey, we're still – I know we've had some bad moments, some rough patches, but – Look, the defense came to play. Uh, Carlos Dunlap's been proven to be a huge addition for that defense. And the healthier you guys get, it's only the scarier it's going to be in this uh, crazy, what I would say, NFC race. Well, and the game that you saw on Thursday was exactly why you draft, or not draft, that's why you pick up Carlos Dunlap. That is exactly why you get that guy, because we're depleted. We have no one. We tried for Jadavion Clowney, and now, you know, word comes out today that they're placing him on IR, so kind of dodged a little bit of a bullet on that one. But, um, yeah, our defense was good. It was good. For for our standards this year, it was good, because we have not seen defense like this in the Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson era ever um, but having a guy like uh, Carlos Dunlap, we're relying heavily on a lot of rookies, a lot of younger guys, but it's coming into play, uh, but it's still nice to see guys like Jamal Adams, Bobby Wagner, K.J. Wright. When those guys have good games, it's scary. And now coming up, we have, you know, I, I don't want to say cupcakes because it is 2020 and the Seahawks always play down to the level of their opponent, but, you know, we got a pretty easy next four games here. So if it's time to get healthy and it's time to get right, this is where we got to take advantage. You know what, you're 100% right, though, in the sense of saying, like, hey, you have cupcakes, but they're not really cupcakes. Like, I had the same thing a few weeks ago, because I don't know if you know this, but I'm a Pats fan. But, like, I thought, hey, the Jets game, not a cupcake, but I thought it would be a game where the Patriots easily win. And it was a bit of a wake-up call. Like, uh, hey, this isn't so easy. I just want to look up Seattle's schedule really quickly, just to see exactly what they got. Because I know you guys still, you do have some cupcakes, but you're right. You can't take any game for granted. Anytime you do, it usually ends up biting you in the ass. You end up stressing it out. But... With the Eagles, Giants, Jets, football team, Rams, and Seahawks, it's I'm not saying cupcake, but I'm saying it's kind of those games where you can kind of go into it feeling like, okay, we should win. You should. Like, that's a big word. I think it should. Because um, the only tough game in there really is the Rams and the Niners. And I'm going to say Niners because everyone going, oh, the Niners are hurt. I, I never take division games for granted. I don't think you can. No matter what division you're in, no matter who the team is, because... 
you don't know what's you don't know who you're gonna get, and especially with the Niners, I know they've been hurt, but they've been kind of frisky against like Green. Well, Green Bay, no, but the Saints, they kind of got off that start, but then the penalties hurt them. Yeah, and you can never take any exactly what you said. No matter what division you're in, even if it's bad as the NFC East or if it's as competitive as the NFC West. I mean, look at the Cardinals and the Seahawks the last few years. Every time we go down to Arizona, something always happens, whether it's the the death of the Legion of Boom with all the injuries, whether it was that one game where no one wanted to win the game, missed field goal here, missed field goal there, overtime. Um, You know, last year, San Francisco and Seahawks. Seahawks were one yard away, again, a half a yard away, with Jacob Hollister just coming up uh, near short last year. So it happens, man, but that's what makes it fun. So having those two games against the Niners and the Rams, uh, the last two to end the year, that's that's the way we like to play. So bring them on. Yeah, and especially, too, with the, even though I know Seattle's another team who doesn't have home fans, which that's a bit of an X factor this year, obviously, is always the 12th man. But with Seattle now, it's like, look, they're looking at it before as like, oh, we're lost three or four. Now it's, look, we get this big win on Thursday night. I know Arizona's a little banged up, and I also said, too, there's a couple, they had a bunch of bad, costly penalties that really affected them on both sides of the ball. But for you guys, too, because I know there was some, uh, I think it was a couple pass interference penalties for Seattle's secondary, but it's the Arizona offensive line who I think just had the bad game. And it was, I, I, I tweeted this out saying that J.R. Sweezy, Safety was going to, uh, holding in the end zone that results in the safety was going to cost Arizona. Lo and behold, it kind of did. Yep. So, that, that's that's just that. But, no, this honestly was a get-right game for the Seahawks where everyone can kind of go now and say, hey, I know their defense has struggled sometimes, but it's looking, it's kind of looking good. Like, if they can play that style of defense going forward and that style of offense, even against these next, let's say, four kind of, like, we'll call them cupcakes just because of the teams they're playing – because of all that, it's one of those things where Hawk fans, I think, can feel confident. And if Seattle goes 4-0 in this next stretch, like there's a very good chance they're going to be competing for that. Not just, obviously, the NFC West, but a bye. And it's not like a bye, it's the bye. Because there's only one this year, folks. That's something I don't think a lot of people... I don't know if they realize it, but the casual fan may not notice where it's, hey, only one team's getting that bye. And the bye is huge in the NFL, no matter what conference. It's such a it's such a weird uh, year this year. I mean, God, having that additional those additional teams in the playoffs, and you're right, having that one lone buy. I mean, that makes you the master of the master. Uh, but really quickly, going back to the Seahawks, though, we see it every year, and maybe it's because I'm just so Seahawk focused here. Everyone out here thinks I live in Northwest Alaska. We're in Seattle. We're in the state of Washington. Seahawks never get the respect that they deserve, even after their Super Bowl win, even after the year that they lost it. You know, yeah, they made it to the top. But, you know, Russell has always been criticized, whether it be for his height, whether people want to call him a game manager. This year, the last few games haven't been MVP quality. He continues to play the way that he has those first few games, by all means. But this is what the Seahawks do. Every time people pick us to win, well, we kind of stumble and we... Don't take it into consideration of how we should play. When we're predicted to lose, when people think, well, the Seahawks are just going to, no, no, they're going to get outmanned, outmatched, that is when I say, watch this team. And I promise you, they will always, always flip it around because I've seen it every year. We're downplayed, we're criticized, happens every year. Like I said, maybe it's just because I'm so used to it because it, it is such an East Coast bias and I don't really, you know, the West Coast are over here thinking there's always East Coast bias, but there is. I mean, I, I truly think there is a little bit of it, but I think if all the years of Russell to win the MVP in his prime and we got Pete Carroll for another four more years, I mean, 
I don't want to say it, but you know, it's almost like Felix Hernandez with with the Mariners. We wasted that guy's prime. We wasted the, all that guy's potential. I don't want to see the same happen with Russell. Russell, although he does have a Super Bowl, this is the time where we're really letting Russ cook. So let's make it happen. It, you, you nail every point on the head. But the way I always look at Seattle is struggle, and then it's right about now is when you guys find the gas pedal and turn it on. It's just, can that gas... Because I know it's obviously different this year where you guys had the success. You had a little bit of the fumble end of October going into about the mid-November because obviously about a week ago was the loss of the Rams. But if you guys just keep on the gas pedal now, it's no longer, oh, hey, you're looking for the gas pedal. I think that was Thursday night. You guys found the gas pedal. If you guys can just continue to hammer down, just hammer the foot and floor it, that's only setting you up for January success. And also, too, like I said, if Russ can cook for these next, let's see, five or six games. Yeah, six games. The six games that are left, if he can cook, I don't know why it's not probably him, Mahomes, and probably him and Mahomes, I would say, are my top two right now. I would want to put Kyler Murray in there. It's just I want to see how he does, especially to how his shoulder affects him going forward. Because I think Arizona's road to win the division is a lot harder, not only because of the loss, but because they still have some very tough teams to play, including the Rams twice. Yeah, their their schedule definitely picks up a little bit more. And that's that's pretty much just how it's going to go. I mean, we don't ever play good against the Rams. They, they, they've blown us out of the waters the last few years. Uh, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just the Pete Carroll, Sean McVay. I don't know if Pete can just get it right. Um, our defense not being great this year definitely doesn't help with that. Uh, but yeah, I I think Arizona is one, and I'm happy to see Arizona do good. I've always had respect for Arizona, despite being a divisional foe. You know, I guess now with the Rams being more West Coast, it makes it a little more rivalry. Uh, San Francisco with Harbaugh, yeah, that, that that one was fun, and then we took care of business, and now they're trying to take care of business again. But uh, yeah, I've, I've always wanted to like Arizona, you know, root for them. Of course, I don't have any second teams, but I have teams that I respect. Like I respect the Raiders. I respect. Uh, God, I, I'd even say I, I respect the Lions, you know, because it's just, oh, you guys are so cute. You always want to compete, and it never works, but I'm rooting for you. Uh, and, and and the Cardinals are in that same boat, but uh, I think I think they got the right guy in Murray. Um, I like to think their coaching staff is all right. Um, God, their defense, man. They got some they got some Huskies on that squad, man. They got Buda Baker. They got Byron Murphy. Uh, they had former Cougar Dion Buchanan. I don't believe he's there anymore. But uh, yeah, man, they got they got some guys on that squad. So Arizona, I mean, just everyone choose your poison. Healthy San Francisco in the NFC West. I mean, pick your battle. Every team in that division, solid. If if we had a healthy San Francisco, you could make a case. And I'm, I'm I still I was thinking about this. Potential Week 17 Sunday Nighters, because we always know it's an exciting game. If Air, if San Francisco is healthy, you can make a valid argument for either Arizona-LA or Seattle-San Francisco being that NBC Week 17 matchup. Where you're going to have... This is a shitty thing this year, too, is where you're going to have a team who wins probably seven or even six games making the playoffs, and three NFC West teams I could see winning at least eight. Not, not at least eight, at least nine or ten. Like I feel like Seattle at this rate... Could go, let's say, twelve and four or eleven and five. I think, like, I think that's just like the whole where I see them because they're seven and three right now. And if the, all goes well in the schedule, yeah, thirteen and three would be great. It's just I feel like you guys may have a hiccup there, but every team does. But if I'm just thinking about it, oh man, if only San Francisco was healthy, and not even losing. I was about to say Garoppolo because I think Garoppolo and Kittle are the big ones. But the Bosa and Thomas ones they managed to work around, but it's. Jimmy G. If Jimmy was healthy, 
oh man, this would be an exciting race. Well, well, and you know, and for me too, you know, just as the the Seahawks fan perspective, I mean, you know, you can take a look at us as well. We haven't had Chris Carson for the last few days. Carlos Hyde just came back. We were playing without Jamal Adams. I mean, minus the first game, you know, we we haven't had him. Uh, there there have been other lingering injuries. Like I know the Quentin Dunbar just recently came on the uh, IR. Um, if this is just where Russell Wilson, this is where Russell Wilson is just playing out of his freaking mind. Because I hate to say it, and I do, and I know other sports fans, talking medias out there have said it. If Russell Wilson isn't quarterbacking this team, I don't know if we have a win on the schedule. I I don't know if that is safe to say, but letting Russ cook without a, a guy like Marshawn Lynch, although Chris Carson, very, I, I still think one of the most underrated uh, running backs in this league. <laughs> if Russell wasn't playing the way he is right now, I just cannot confidently say that this team would have a win. I just, the defense has been so porous. The offense with Russell has been getting it done, but notice I say with Russell, could their running game do it? Their offensive line, I think, is better than a lot of people thought. But if you can't stop anyone, and if you didn't have Russell... The offense would be sputtering. This defense can't stop anyone. And I'm having miserable Sundays for the 2020 season. Welcome to my world. Um, <laughs> I know it feels weird to say. Um, but I think the only thing, the other thing I want to say about the – like, because you guys too, like, it's like I said, I think you guys are pretty much going to go as far as the rest of the team allows you. Like, Russell's going to do what Russell can. But if you – I think if everyone plays well around him, it's only going to make him better because we saw, like, in L.A. where – in not even LA, in the LA game and the Buffalo game, he was doing too much to make up for the lack of what everyone else couldn't do. So he was turning over the ball kind of carelessly. Meanwhile, you know what? If his the rest of the team gives him confidence, who's to say that, hey, we're not looking at Tampa, or not Tampa, I meant uh, Seattle in Tampa come February? That would be wonderful. That would be wonderful. Yeah, man, it's fun. It's been... They they are a team, and as we saw last year, I mean, they just blow everyone out of the shoots. Last year, they did stumble down a lot. Injuries were building up, but this is the one thing that I've just I've been spoiled as as, as a Seahawks fan. You know, well well before Pete Carroll, well before Russell Wilson came in. You know, the Mike Holmgren era was nice. You know, the Super Bowl in two thousand six, uh, poorly officiated, if you <laughs> ask me. Um, you know, that was nice. And then we had those few years of yeah mediocrity, but. It's just nice. You're you're spoiled, and, and and as you know, as you definitely know, like I said, minus is last year, but it, it's just nice. It's fun to wake up every Sunday knowing my team's got a shot, my team's got a chance. Every fourth quarter, I mean, as the Seahawks have a saying, you know, can you win it in the first quarter? No. Can you win it in the second quarter? No. Can you win it in the third quarter? No. Can you win it in the fourth quarter? Hell yes. And if you guys, if you're watching on Red Zone, or if we have the game of the week on, and everyone nationally is watching. It's 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 a pattern. It doesn't finish until that clock hits triple zeros with Russell and this team. And you're right, Russell makes that magic happen. So yeah, we can be looking like crap. We can be doing whatever. But if Russell pulls that rabbit out of the hat like he always does, I mean, bring it on. It could be fifty to forty nine. I don't think Pete Carroll really cares how bad this defense is now because he knows how good Russ is and how good he finally is. They've let him off the leash. Uh, I, I was listening to everything you said, but if you're just paying attention, because right now I'm watching Indiana, Ohio State, and Indiana just stopped them like on the 10-yard line on fourth down. So Indiana's got the chance to tie this game up. Last I saw, because I I literally went to do, I went to go like just clean my room for a minute. It was 21 to seven. Come back downstairs, it was 21 to eight. 
I went to do some yard work, come back in, and I'm like, okay, what's going on? And now Indiana may tie the damn game. So that was just off topic. But you're right in every aspect, too, where, hey, every Sunday I got used to waking up and saying, hey, we're probably going to win today. Hey, we're probably going to do this. There's a few Sundays where it's like, oh, okay, whatever. But this year's a little different where I go in being like, hey, anything can happen. This, it's, it's Pandora's box to me, and I've seen the good side of it. I've seen the bad side of it. And I've seen kind of the average side of it. Average meaning, like, the games like against Seattle and Buffalo, where we could have won, but we didn't. Um, oh, no, but anyway, the only thing I want to say about the Cardinals quickly is, is if they, I think they need to retool their offensive line because guys like you know Jr. Sweezy, and oh, uh, yeah, yeah, and um, like they know they still have Humphreys, they have uh, Pugh. If they can retool their offensive line and maybe their defensive line just a smidge, I think then they'll be good. I think they this, I think this year. They have to have kind of get close or get knocked in their butt. Like, say, you know, like how in years past the Miami Dolphins would always have those games where, like, hey, you have to go and win to keep your hopes alive, and then they lose? Big Rat, uh, noted guest of the podcast, knows all too well about that, obviously. Um, I think Arizona's going to have that kind of fate where I saw them. Because my prediction back in March was this is a wild card team. But right now, if we'll see what happens, I think they may. But if they stumble a bit because, like, like I said, Rams twice. The Patriots, you don't know what you're going to get, especially if Kyler's shoulders banged up. And I believe they still have – and they have San Francisco, which you don't know, but I assume they'll win. So wait and see with them. So that's just one point I wanted to throw in about the Cardinals. Um, yeah. Anyway, let's uh, get into Week 11 because we got a lot of games to talk about. Unlike last Sunday, too, there's only uh, four late-game windows. Um, ooh, he's on the move, folks. He's moving to a different setup. <laughs> My dog has to use the restroom. Uh, it's all good. Um, so the first game we've got is the Tennessee Titans visiting the Baltimore Ravens. Rematch of last year's divisional round. I honestly think whoever loses this game takes a huge hit in their playoff stock. Like, whoever loses this game, like, you're, like that, you're also looking at three losses in a row. for Not three losses in a row, but you're just staring. Like, because their next two opponents after this is... That big match of Thanksgiving night against the Steelers for Baltimore, and the rematch against the Colts for the Titans. So, man, this this can be a, this is a really tough game to predict. It is, and I, you know me, I am the one that uh, thinks with uh, sorry with my dogs jingles with uh, Russell MVP race. Lamar Jackson, it's been, uh, you know, I haven't watched too much of him this year, but uh, I haven't heard the greatest, I haven't heard the greatest of all things, but uh, it's still the Ravens, I still trust that defense, I still trust Lamar, I had to, un, I had to give uh, Hollywood Brown to someone else on my fantasy league, he's been a big disappointment, but uh, I'm, I'm going to rock and roll with the Ravens, but yeah, I, I, I trust him, I trust that D, I trust Lamar, but uh, going to be close. At the end of the day, I the more you said that and brought in perspective, yeah, you're right. I am going to trust the Baltimore Ravens. When it comes to asking me, who de- whose defense do you trust more? Like, Obviously, I'm going to go with the Ravens just because this year the Titans haven't really done anything for me to go like, hey, I'm going to trust you guys because even though I had, what was it called? They had their first three games, they were 3-0, and and then they had the blowout win against the Bills and their fans were riding a high horse and everything, and fans were going after me like, oh, we're this, we're this. I'm like... You guys literally had a close call with the Broncos, a very close call with Jacksonville, who we know now is terrible, and a very close call with the Vikings, which at the time looked bad, but now the Vikings are good. Like, man, this Tennessee defense is just, even to the offensive line suffered, like Derrick Henry doesn't look like Derrick Henry. Uh, 
I'm going with Baltimore to win this. I think Baltimore's going to have a get-right game like the Seahawks did on Thursday, where, you know what, I'm not saying Lamar Jackson's going to come out here and razzle-dazzle MVP, but he's going to kind of go like, hey, I'm Lamar Jackson, remember me? It's I think it's that kind of game. Like if, and, I, and I like to put scores on games. I'm going to say Ravens 24, Titans 17. Just something like that. They're like low scoring. I think this will be a bit of a defensive battle. Uh, sorry. Um... But yeah, that's just that's my score prediction for the game and who I think is going to win. I imagine you're the same with the uh, Ravens. Yeah, I would I would say the Ravens. I it, it's really hard for me to put a score on it, but I'm going to do the old uh, I'll do the old uh, Lee Corso from College Game Day. Closer than the experts think. I'm going <laughs> to give it that. It's I think I think Tennessee. I think this is going to be a game where they're going to want to kind of flex their guns a little bit, but they're going to hang with them. But Baltimore is just going to. Wouldn't surprise me if Justin Tucker finished off the game. It wouldn't surprise me either. I just said 24-17 because I was like, you know what? I think at the end of the day, it kind of comes down to, I think, Tennessee's going to have a drive down the field offensive. Like, I can see either Justin Tucker, like, and I don't trust Goskowski, even though people are going, oh, but he was a Patriot. I'm like, and for everyone going, oh, he's old and he's bad, I something a lot of people don't know about him is that he had hip surgery last year, and I can clearly tell that he's not fully recovered from it. Like, last year with Cam, when he only played two games, and I was like, he had a torn rotator cuff. It's going to take a little bit longer to recover from that. Um, but no, I think either way we're right. I think it's either going to be a touchdown or a field goal that decides this one. Um, and the next one is a completely who cares game between the Lions and the Panthers. And for everyone going, oh, but like even though Alex respects the Lions, I'm like, this is a game, honestly, where it's like if you're watching Red Zone, it'll come on great, but I don't have any rooting interest for this. Christian McCaffrey's hurt for fantasy. I have Kenny Galladay hurt. Um, so, I... The, like I'm looking at both teams right now. Like the the Panthers are three and seven, but they've kind of hung tight. And hell, if the Lions win this game, they're a 500 team. Who I didn't think anyone thought that would happen. Yeah, God, hell froze over with that. Jeez, yeah. I'm only I'm only grunting with the McCaffrey. I don't know how the heck I am six and four. I'm playing in Miguel's league, as you know. I'm yeah. I'm six and four, and I drafted Christian McCaffrey. I don't know how I am over 500. I don't know. But I am not a Christian. Oh, of course, you never want to hate anyone for injuries. But fantasy-wise, oh, I'm so mad at McCaffrey. Um, Lions are beat up. They, like you said, Kenny Galladay. I know Stafford's been hurt a little bit. Uh, His wife's not spoken on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. God, you know, I, I think I... I, again, I, I respect the Lions. I do respect them. That doesn't mean I like them. That doesn't mean I'm going to root for them. That doesn't mean I'm going to pick them to win. They're, if they just had a couple more guys not injured, especially the Galladay one, I think I, I'm going to. I'm picking Carolina. I'm picking Carolina. I am liking. I'm liking that pick. You know, you know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to go Carolina too on this one. Uh, in the league, I have and I'm miraculously seven and three. <sighs> Lucky. Yeah, like, my roster for that league, I got lucky with some of my receivers, though. Like, Adam, I, I, I should have lost last week, but my opponent had the Ravens' defense, and Adam Thielen decided to actually show up. Uh-huh. So, yeah, and also my quarterback was Dak for the longest time. So. Dang. I got kind of lucky. And then, yeah. Yeah, but, um, no, I'm going Carolina just because I'm like, look, Carolina's, they're a weird, frisky football club. Like, I know they got kind of their doors blown off by Tampa, where they lost by, I think, 23. But still, like, they kind of hung in there for a while. They almost beat the Kansas City Chiefs in an 11.5-point spread. Um, but you know what? I'm going to go Carolina, and I'm going to go 
I'm going to say this game. I'm not, I don't want to put a score on it because I think this one's too hard, but I'm going to go either way of saying this game either is... I think it's going to be closer than people think, or it's going to be like 17 to like 13. It's going to be some like either a high-scoring game where defenses kind of let the opponent down, or both teams just suck and it, like no, no one does anything. Kind of like what we saw with Cleveland and Vegas a few weeks ago. I was pretty much leaning towards the latter there. Yeah, I don't, I don't see a shootout happening. Nah. Neither do I. It's like the next game, too, actually, we have with the Eagles visiting the Browns. I'm going to say one thing and one thing only. If the Browns do not win this game, I do not believe in them going forward. I already like They're already on that fence with me because, look, I know the Cleveland Browns, who are missing Miles Garrett at 6-3 and because he unfortunately got COVID, but if you go to 6-4, and four, and especially in the AFC, that AFC playoff hunt, it's very, very competitive. Like everyone, and I, people are going to get me for being biased saying New England's in there, but I'm like, look, if New England wins tomorrow, they're 5-5, five and five, they're game back. If Tennessee-Baltimore, you don't know what's going to happen. I think Vegas has got one of the spots locked up for the wild card, but this is a game I think if you're the Cleveland Browns like Seattle this past week, which we're going to go around to a lot because obviously Alex is a fan, this is a game I think the Cleveland Browns have to win and have, and not the team, but Baker has to look good because you're going against Philly. This has been a team, Cleveland, over the last few years. I swear, I thought they would just make that, they would just make that oomph, that they leap the hurdle. And, you know, yeah, for, for Cleveland's perspectives, for Cleveland fans' perspectives, maybe this is. But this is, this shouldn't be the bar. This shouldn't be the envelope. I get you gotta get better. I get you've been a laughing stock of a franchise for a long time, and you're getting better. But... You look at the guys that they got, you know, Baker, Mayfield, they have Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, Miles My- Garrett. This this team is this team's jacked. This team's, you know, they've got pieces. They do. Just plugging it in, though, and putting it all together is tricky. And then you look at the other side of the tape with the Eagles. You talk about the Seahawks not being able to stay healthy. The Eagles are made of glass bones and paper skin in the last few years. So I... I think both teams really do want this. I know the NFC East is just, it's all over the map, and whoever's going to win it is going to win it with the ugly record. But I think you're right. I think all eyes are on Baker Mayfield. Seven and three sounds a lot better than six and four. It does. And especially in that division that they're in, where Pittsburgh looks like they're kicking butt and taking names still, and as we know with the Ravens, I am going to go with Cleveland. I don't like it. But Philly is just a little too hurt for my liking, and I think I think you're right. I think Baker, this is the one for him. This is pressure time. This is pressure time, too, because not a lot of people realize, too, hey, after this year, the Browns can just let him go. They don't have to pick up his option going forward. And they have to make a decision for not only next year, but the year after by, I think, like May 22nd, I think is the date, they have to pick up his option by. So Baker's playing for his life right now, and like you said, 7-3, and three, like, Cleveland's going to be, like, the city of Cleveland's going to be overjoyed, but then the rest of us, like, no matter fans, media, or people with a podcast who just talk online and only a handful of people listen to it, um, know that, hey, 7-3 and three is good, but 6-4, and four, like you said, for the outside, like, like if Cleveland loses this game, it's going to be only lost to Philly, hey, we're 6-4, we still have a chance. Meanwhile, with, like, you and I, we're going to look at this game and go, you're six and four. There's a very good chance you don't make the playoffs because they still have to play the Ravens. They still have to play the Steelers again, which that Ravens game is on a Monday night. So the pressure is always turned up just a little bit more on primetime football, something you and I know very well. But I'm going with Cleveland too. I'm not confident in the pick, but I feel like 
This is a squeak. I think this is a squeak out win. I think, you know what? Like last week, you barely beat the Houston Texans 10-7. to I know that obviously weather had a big part to do with that. But even too, there was the game against the Cleve, uh, the, the Raiders where I think they won like thirteen to six, or they lost. They lost their they lost the Raiders thirteen to six in a game I thought they should have won. But no, people, this is a game where they have to win. People will put respect on Cleveland if they look at the seven and three record, but if they go and watch the games themselves, they'll think, "Wait a minute." So yeah, because yeah. even after this, just looking ahead for them, they. Their schedule is weird. So they have the Jaguars, they have the Titans, they have the Ravens, the Giants, the Jets, and the and the Steelers. I almost said they had the Browns, but that would have been inaccurate. Like, there's some games in there where I, I even look at the like, – people were telling me, they look at that Jets game week 16 as the game that, hey, Cleveland's going to lose. Because for those of you who don't remember, the uh, the first time the Browns almost went 0-16, it was a week 16 visit against the Chargers that the uh, Browns got their win in. So – if there's a game where I could see the uh, Jets picking up a win, it's uh, potentially Week 16. But no, you're right. If they come out of this game looking seven and three, they can puff their chest. But if you you're six and four, it's you're going to have to deal with the criticism that comes with. And also, too, for Baker's wife to come on and say playing quarterback in the city of Cleveland is not easy. Well, yeah, no shit, it's not. <laughs> um, yeah, we know that. Yeah. Uh, next one too is another game I could see it probably being a dogfight, and it's the Patriots and the Texans, which. A few years ago, uh, as we have a dog appear on the podcast, um, shout out Alex. Uh, no, no big deal or anything. It happens to me all the time. I have barking. Just my dogs aren't at home right now. Um, the Patriots and the Texans. This is a game we've seen in the playoffs too many times, and this is a Texans team that I have a lot of guff with, just because I still laugh at the DeAndre Hopkins trade. I still laugh. Not even how they traded him, but how they didn't even give up a first for. They didn't even get a first for him. It was just a second and a fourth, which I just like find hysterical. But um, with a game like this, for the Texans, I think you're playing for pride right now. But for the Patriots, they're still knocking on that door of the in the hunt. Which a few weeks ago, everyone was going two and five. Like, oh, what happened? Like, literally, not even two weeks ago, as Indiana's making moves. Um, the fact that they can go from five to five to being on the brink of two and six. Speaks volumes. Like, I am picking the Patriots to win, and not in a biased way, but in the way of they're going to do, I think, just enough to get by. You know, I want to pick New England so bad. I do, because I think everything what you said is right. But I don't know if I'm leaning more towards, of like, fantasy purposes. I've got Deshaun, uh, or I've got, I've got Watson, and I've got Will Fuller. Uh, I really need a big game out of Fuller. I want to pick New England though so bad. I do. I think you are spot on right. I'm. I just. I'm. I'm more shocked with 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 Houston. That that must be like just a horribly run organization. You've got a pretty. I don't know, man. You've got a pretty solid offense. You got JJ Watt giving it everything for you every week when he is not hurt. You know, I didn't think their defense was that bad as much as I maybe I realized, but. Texas, Houston Texans, they shouldn't be as bad as they are. Uh, but I'm going to pick them in the, uh, if, if this is a upset game, I am going to pick them in that. I'm going to go with Houston. Uh, but again, I really want to go with New England. But I just, I, I'm just shocked. Every year that Houston has years like this, I just think you guys have a good squad. It's just a poorly run organization, I feel. I, and I would know as the Seahawk fan, for what we got for Jadavian Clowney last year, that made me L-O-L. 
Um, you're you're right. Where I could I could see this being a trap game and the Houston Texans win. It's just like you said, they're a poorly run organization too. They actually there was a rumor that their their uh, head of PR was fired because uh, she was apparently an outspoken Biden supporter when a lot of the Texans brass was uh, is Republican. So if that's the truth, that's a bit of a shitty blow. But also too, um, the one big thing I look at with this um, football team is that look. Just from head to toe, like, it's not a good organization, like, uh, from the front office-wise, but we saw this with the Denver Broncos, where after Pat Boland stepped down because he had his battle with, I think, Alzheimer's, and he passed away, I think, about a year or two ago. Same thing with the Texans. Bob McNair died about two years ago. I know his son is running the operation right now, but usually when ownership changes hands like that... It's a bit of a rocky world. Even to Detroit's going through it right now, where uh, they lost their owner died, and now the wife took over, and now I think her daughter's taking over the team. So, for anyone thinking, oh, just because our organization isn't well run on the field doesn't mean it's well run off. But honestly, the two can intersect one another, and that's what I believe is happening with Houston. I think JJ Watt's going to try to get out of there this off season because if they're headed, and also because who are you going to hire to run there? I know you got the Sean Watson, but you don't have a first round pick this year. Yeah. Like, that's that's something scary to think about. But no, I'm going. I think this game can go either way, but it's going to come down to be a dogfight. I think it's going to be like also to like Ravens Patriots, where it's like low scoring ish, like maybe high teens, low twenties, somewhere yeah. in that range. Um, let's see what else there is next. Uh, oh, we got a good one. Uh, Steelers Jags. I feel like we're both going with the Jags, but after what we've seen with the Jacksonville do last week to Green Bay. If the spread's ten and a half, do you think the Steelers uh, win by more than ten and a half, or do you think that the uh, Jaguars actually cover it but kind of still hold their heads up high? Yeah, yeah. I uh, I don't know, man. I like that kid, James Robinson. He's uh, that kid is really good uh, for them. Uh, is Chark playing? Is DJ Chark? He's back and healthy. Yeah. Um, let me check because I actually I'm in a bunch of fantasy leagues. So as uh, also to Ohio State just beat Indiana. I'm going to flip on the Northwestern Nebraska, uh, Northwestern Wisconsin. Um, let me check DJ Chark quickly. I think he is though. Oh well, actually, I don't have. I, I no, don't, he's I don't out. Know he, he, there's no. There's nothing next to his name here. Uh, it says uh, no. There's no, no updates about him. So I assume he's playing. Okay, well, yeah, I, I was going to say, yeah, I won't have you do all that work. I'll probably just give you the answer of, uh, no, I, I, I still think it's going to be um, more than, uh, I'll take the over. I I think uh, Jacksonville's going to get blown out. You know what, I I think there's an outside chance just because, you know, the Steelers have a chance of playing really low to their competition, but you know what, I think... They're gonna win like it's ten and a half. They're gonna win like watch like thirty, like thirty-one to twenty-one. They're gonna win by ten, just to say like fuck you to everyone who picked them to pick them to yeah. cover. And there's gonna be a bunch of pissed off people out there being like, oh, I can't believe you, you did this to me, da da da. da. <laughs> like, oh my god. But no, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that. I'm gonna say just for the lols, I say Steelers by ten. Bring it on. Bring it on in. And, and and if that really happens, I will tweet at you and say, holy moly, how about that? It <laughs> happened. I'll be paying attention to that game for sure. Um, next up, we got a, we got a divisional game, actually. I think our first, yeah, our first divisional game of the day. Falcons-Saints, which this, with Breeze getting hurt, this is a very intriguing matchup. Yeah, this is going to be one that I think is going to be dogfight, 
just boom, boom, divisional rivals. You know, Falcons know they got no Drew Brees out there. Uh, Michael Thomas has been taking his sweet time to get really ramped up. Could this be the week? Well, now that there's no Drew Brees, the world may never know. Um, but this one is probably going to be another one of those ones that you're going to see on Red Zone a lot. You're going to see, you know, probably... I, I would like to say that there'll be some touchdowns scored in this one, whether Drew Brees is in it or not. You know, you still got all the Falcons. Uh, this is still hard nose of the grindstone, divisional sort of game. I would want to say, though, the Falcons are just so, oh boy, that's scary. Although they're, they do have that tendency, as we saw last year, to boost up the Jets towards the end. But uh, I still think the Saints got it. But I think... Sorry, you kind of froze up there. I wasn't sure what you were saying. Oh, well, I'm sorry about that. Uh, I was saying that the uh, that the uh, Falcons. It, it wouldn't shock me if they held they held the lead for a few minutes in the fourth. But I think at the end, though, the Saints will find a way to take care of business. So it will be close, despite how these two teams are going right now. But I'm going to say New Orleans close. I'm going because I, I want to see what the spread on this game is. Um... Three and a half. I think the Saints cover that. I think the Saints will cover three and a half. I'm going to go Saints 24 to 20. I, I just like to put score predictions on sometimes on here. I don't know why. It's just something I like yeah. to do. But I think 24 to 20, you know where where either there's a drive where Atlanta's trying to get downfield, but then the defense wins it, or a drive where the uh, Saints offensively go, Taysom Hill goes downfield because I live with a couple Saints fans. My father and my like my believe it or not, my whole family's not in New England. My dad and my sister cheer for the Saints, so um, they basically. My dad has a love hate relationship with Taysom Hill. Like he'll be third down and he'll be yelling, like, "Why the fuck are they putting Hill in there?" And then he'll get him the first down. And he's like, "Oh, I love you, Taysom." I'm like, oh. "It's kind of a little kind of tricky. Uh, it's it, it's sort of a tricky thing for the opponents, man. That guy does it all. He's like a little Swiss Army knife." Exactly, and for everyone going like, "Oh, I think." Winston's going to be starting, or or um, Hill. It's going to be Hill. It's just Sean's not afraid to admit it, but I feel like they are going to run a lot of one-two quarterback sets. So they've got the Falcons twice in three weeks, which I honestly think they will split the series. Because, like we say, divisional football, anything can happen, especially in 2020. But this is a game where, look, if the Saints win, if you go, if they get out of these next three games going 3-0, and and they're 10-2 and with Breeze coming back, that's pretty scary, if you ask me, for the rest of the NFC. And if Michael Thomas can find a way to get right, too, man, watch out. Yeah, I'm, I'm benching him tomorrow. Um, <laughs> next up is another Who Cares game in the Bengals and football team. Oh, gee, many Christmas. Uh, let's see, I'm going to throw something to a dart. 50%, 50%. Uh, I'm going to go with the football team. I like Joe Burrow. I, I do. I like that kid. I do like Joe Burrow, but uh, I want to see the NFC East keep on staying a little bit competitive. I want I want you know some roller coaster action to happen here. I want these teams to be in a flux. So I want the Redskins to help with that. So I'm going to roll with them. But uh, mad mad props to Joe Burrow. I like that kid. You know what? I'm going to go and I'm gonna, I, I thought about going Bengals to be opposite from you, but I got to go football team here just because 
The Bengals are that team that they'll always find another way to lose. Like last week, too, I thought, hey, they're going to hang in close with the Steelers. And again, their asses whooped. Um, this game could go either way, but at the end of the day, I'm going to say football team 20, Bengals 14. Like, I think the Bengals get a couple of scores, which ooh, Northwestern's pulling off some. Holy shit, Northwestern's up uh, 14 to nothing on Wisconsin. There it is. Go Wildcats. Um, I bought a hoodie once when I was in Chicago. Hey. It was in the Under Armour store. It looked cool. It's really cozy, and I like it. People actually ask me, are you a Northwestern fan? I'm like, no, I just like the hoodie. But, not, the, uh, not quite the right shade of purple, but it's purple nonetheless, yeah. so it'll pass. It's charcoal with, like, purple Northwestern writing. Oh, okay. Yeah, there I, I, I get you. I, I get that. We'll get, we got to get into some Pac-12 later. But, no, um, <laughs> this is a game where I just look at it like I don't care. You may see on red zone a couple of times. But, yeah, like I think Alex Smith will find a way to get his win, especially after last week, too, where they did get – they kind of – and we even saw it with Arizona, too, where my one friend called it out to me saying, hey, I thought Arizona was going to win Thursday night just come, coming off that big victory. But then a lot of times when a big victory like that happens – you kind of lose momentum. Meanwhile, if you look at like Washington last week, suffered a bad loss at that last-minute field goal against Detroit. I think they have motivation going into this week, and also too because they have to turn it around right away because they play football next Thursday at four thirty. Um, gonna get my champ leaders on Thanksgiving Day. Um, now that's actually completes the one o'clock window. We're gonna move into the four o'clock window with the Dolphins and the Broncos. And an interesting fact about I don't know how often you gamble or play the spreads. Like we talked about it a bit on Monday with Danny, but. The Miami Dolphins have not covered a spread when a team from Florida has played in Denver since 2005. The Denver Broncos haven't covered. That is a factoid. I didn't even know that. I know I know that dude, Danny, does a whole bunch of that stuff with the overs and unders. Uh, I don't bet that stuff too much. I'm kind of just more of the fantasy, but that was a good fact to know. Holy moly. Yeah. Um, I just found out about it because I listen to a bunch of Barstool Sports podcasts and one of their podcasts, part of my take. They just happen to list it off because they're about gambling. And I'm trying to get into gambling more myself. I basically, I go, I basically, so it's OLG here, Ontario Lottery and Gaming. I go, I put $10 down and just say here, I've yet to win, but I play 10 bucks a week because I don't want to risk losing any more money because I don't want to, you know. Oh, also do that Northwestern touchdown did not stand because he was out of bounds. But um, going back to this game right now, everyone's saying too, oh, two on the altitude or this or that. I'm like, look, the Denver Broncos just straight up, I don't think they're a good football team. I think... Drew Locke is a little suspect. Part of me has this funny belief that John Elway purposely drafts bad quarterbacks so no one breaks his records. Um, oh. It's just a, like a little troll joke thing I like to think of. I think other people do too, where he always goes for mediocrity, so John Elway can always say, I'm oh, actually, what's Northwestern fumbled. Wisconsin's got the ball. Um, where John Elway oh. just wants to be like the face of the Denver Broncos forever. From like front off, like from a quarterback. To an executive now, obviously he's the GM, but I think they also have to get a new coach in there. And if they're like a healthy team with a competent quarterback, because Danny actually brought this up of why not deal for Sam Darnold? Like Denver could be good. I think it's just you know what I like Miami too much to not to pick against them. Yeah, uh, uh, real quick story before I make my pick. Well, not, not it's not even a story, but uh, yeah, I. Uh, the sports gambling, you know, I'd like to try to get more into that myself. I don't know if my state of Washington wants to. I actually tried to download the uh, uh, win Terry Bradshaw's, what, 250000 or two million, that whole Terry Bradshaw thing, and uh, it wouldn't let me do it. I tried twice, and it's like, what's going on? And then I read the fine print, 
yada 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 excluding washington so i'm sol uh so yeah god bless this state uh i'm gonna go with miami I like Miami. Uh, I'm gonna say that uh, I'm gonna say that Tua keeps on uh, keeps on trucking, and uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with Miami. They've been a, they've been quite the story the last few years. They've been a dumpster fire from a team struggling to a team starting to catch some fire. So keep uh, keep Miami in your memory banks for the next season and maybe season after. I like them, and I'm gonna roll with them this week. I'm rolling them this week too, based off the fact also that like, look, I think they're more than capable of winning. We saw that. If the Vegas Raiders can beat the Denver Broncos by, like, 25, I'm pretty sure Miami's capable of doing this. It would not shock me if this game's an asshole thing. I'm being honest. Um, up next is a game that's very intriguing, even though it's two bad teams. The Jets at the Chargers. I'm going to go on a limb here. I'm saying F it. Because they always find a way... Oh, I've told this fact before. I've told this actually before. Before I get into my take, because I think you may, I may surprise you who I take. In 49... Or actually, no. And let's see. So, yeah, they had 49 games, I think, leading up to a couple weeks ago against the Broncos. Uh, the Broncos are the Raiders, one of the two. So, they had 49 games where they lost by, or 49 losses since 2015. 38 of them were by one possession or less. Like, wow. I don't know how you have that much bad luck if you're the LA Chargers. Like, try I, being a Mariners fan. Oh. It's not as fun. Yeah, you guys are always like on the door knocking, and then you guys weird like, oh hey, we're contending, and then you're rebuilding. I think with the Chargers, it's just like I think they have to get a new head coach in there. That's that's it. I think Anthony Lynn, he's a good guy, he's a good head coach. I just think you know at the end of the day, he's gonna be one of those guys that gets that. Hey, can you come talk to us for a sec? And it's thank you for your service, but we have to move on. I think he's gonna get that talk to after their game week seventeen. I think it's unfortunate he's a good head coach. He'll get an OC job somewhere. It's not like oh he's gonna just get fired and let go. I think it'll be like one of those guys, like for example, former Seattle defensive coordinator, Gus Bradley, how he got fired from Jacksonville. And now he's with the chargers. I still as their DC. Um, God, I'm really tempted to take the jets here, but I don't know if I should just because I know Danny said that the jets always lay an egg when they go on the West coast. But I think this game is closer than predicted. Like Lee Corso says, like it's a nine and a half spread. You know what, screw it. I'm picking the New York Jets to win this football game. Oh! Woo-hoo-hoo! What game? Man. No, you're picking. Oh, yeah. No, I'm going with the New York Jets. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um. Yeah, I, I can't say I agree, but I, you know, the Chargers have had a string, I know, a, a rope of bad luck over their their years. Even with uh, I Rivers. remember seeing... Yeah, I remember seeing uh, Philip Rivers on the uh, sidelines one year saying, we are the bleeping bad news bears. And to this day, that's all I think of them as. And uh, this would be a game in typical Chargers fashion where you're going to lose to the New York Jets. But I don't see it. I just, come on, Chargers. You're better than that. You're better than that, Chargers. Come on. Like, I just want to pick them just because I'm just like, you know what? You want to see them win one game. Like, you don't ever want to see a team go 0 for in a season. I just think this is would be the game because the Jets have a tough schedule down the stretch. Like, they still have to play Miami, which I think is next week. They still have to play you guys, like we said earlier. They still have to play the Rams. They still have to play the Patriots. They still have to play Cleveland. So, like I said with Cleveland earlier, but you know what? I'm sticking to it. I think, you know what, they're going to win, like, 
just they're gonna either the Jets are either gonna win this game or they're gonna get their butts whooped. And I think the Chargers actually have not a get right game, but a game where everyone kind of goes, oh, okay, we we see you, Chargers, we see you, what's up. It's like it's one of two ways. That's that's how I think it's gonna go. If if they if they win this game, is that a loss for Danny though? Just in terms of the draft. If the what the Jets lose or the Chargers lose. No, if no, if the Jets win, if the Jets win, is that a loss for Danny though? Because is he wanting him to go like zero sixteen? It's gonna be like Jekyll, 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 Mr. Hyde. Yay, we won! Fuck! Hey, we got, <laughs> we did something good. Holy shit, we won! Fuck, we want Trevor Lawrence. Like, yeah, literally. <laughs> that's what he's saying. Like he, I, he, he wants him to lose. But I even said that this week. This is a game where honestly, if the Chargers lose, it's you know. You probably, for all you remember there, and probably Alex knows this too, you know how there's that so, that's so Raven? Yep. The Chargers lose, you can literally just say, that's so Chargers. That's oh, li- yeah. Like, it would be literally the most Los Angeles Charger thing to do. Because even, too, for everyone going, oh, why is Philip Rivers never won a Super Bowl? Go back and look at the 2006 year, which really, I think, put fantasy football on the map, where LaDainian and Tomlinson had that unbelievable year. They had Antonio Gates, they had Vincent Jackson, but they ran into the New England Patriots every year. And for everyone going, oh, Patriots fan, look it up. Every year the Chargers ran into New England, or they just ran into bad luck and loss. Like, same thing with them, like what I said with Miami earlier. They have these games, they have to win, and they just don't. Like, that's simple as that. Um, the next two games of the 4 o'clock hour, honestly, this one intrigues the hell out of me. And the one I'll be watching at 425, Packers at Colts. Because unlike what I said earlier about Ravens-Titans where the loser of their playoff stock dips, whoever wins this game, excuse me, whoever wins this game uh, not only increases their playoff stock, but I think if the Green Bay Packers win this game, they just increase their stock more of contending for the Super Bowl. Absolutely. Absolutely. Colts Colts defense is stellar. Um, you know, Colts have a pretty good squad this year. They Very, very good squad. I, I, I can't sit here and say I've watched it all, but I've, I, you know, they're doing well. Uh, Green Bay, of course, with Mr. Rogers and Devontae Adams. By the way, Devontae Adams, holy moly, what a monster. Jamie Christmas, if that guy can just continue to just stay healthy, that dude is a freak of nature. And then I think they got their guy Lazard coming back this week as well. Uh, MVS has been kicking butt for him. Uh, yeah, this is going to be the game. I'm right there with you since now I don't have a game to watch this weekend. I'll just be blasting on Red Zone. Uh, that's going to be the one that I may even, if Red Zone doesn't intrigue me in the 1 o'clock hour, I may even just leave it on this game itself. This game's 425, um, by the way. What's that? It's a 425 game. It's not 1 o'clock. Well, 1 o'clock Pacific. Oh, 1 o'clock Pacific. Okay. Pacific, yeah. See? West Coast brain, man. That's where I am. Oh, I know. Oh, when you um, say 1 o'clock, I was like, wait, wait a minute. This game's at 425. I remember I'm East Coast, you're West Coast. You wake up at 10 o'clock and watch football? Bastard. Yeah, I know, man. Shit. Well, God, I, I know we're kind of going off course here, but when I went to Disney World, I don't know how you East Coast guys do it, man. I was staying up watching that Sunday night game against oh, – sorry, it's a sensitive topic, that week two game. Um, and I I couldn't do it. I was falling asleep practically during that Cam Newton run into the end zone almost. I don't know how you East Coast guys do it. You know what? We suffer Monday morning. Like, literally, <laughs> like, Monday morning, I'm like – because, like, even, too, there's a lot of Sunday night games where if the game's either out of hand, I think there's only a handful of them where I didn't finish them. Like, this year, that's my ultimate goal is to try to watch as much of the 256 as I can. And for those of you wondering why, it's because there's that many regular season games in a year for the NFL. But I try to watch as many as I can. That's why I love Red Zone. My parents fucking hate Red Zone. My mom finds it confusing. 
She walks in the room, she sees the Octo Box, and goes, What the hell is that? And I'm like, Heaven. Yeah, same here. Same here. Yeah, but, um, no, back to this game, though. Like, this is, like, I picked the next game we have, which I'll talk about, is my pick for my survival pool for the week. Not Green Bay or Indianapolis. I'll get into that in a minute. So I'll be going back and forth on Red Zone, but if this is a game where. If this, if the rest of the four o'clock games end up sucking, I'm just gonna watch this game, straight up. But uh, this, I think this is either this is gonna be a close game. I think either this is gonna be a defensively stout game, but then I remember the Packers' defense is bad. So fantasy advice: if you have Hines, start him, or if you have Jonathan Taylor, who's been a bust, this could be a potential breakout game for him. Yeah, and if you're like me, continue to start Devontae Adams because he's been a rock star. Or well. I don't know. I think I think Colts defense is good, but man, Devontae Adams is great. Um, I am going to say the NFL fan in me is going to pick the Packers. The Seahawks fan in me doesn't want to pick the Packers just for seeding perspective, but I can't be that biased. I want to be professional, and I am going to roll with Green Bay. But this will probably be one of the best games we will see all weekend, so grab your popcorn and enjoy it. I'm in the same boat as you. I think, you know what, I think there's going to be some lapses in the defense with both of these teams where you're going to see, I, cause I say this about Phillip Rivers, you either like him or he pisses you off. There's no middle ground with him, especially this year. Um, I think if the Colts want to win this game, I, cause I, I'm going to go with the Packers too. I think that, you know what, I get where you're coming from where you want to be professional, but at the same time too, you wouldn't mind, like, you think the Packers will win, but at the same time too, if they lose... You're not going to be like, oh my god, they lost. You're going to be like, hey, they lost. But if the Indianapolis Colts can win this game, and even to their receivers and their running game can play well again like they did against Tennessee, they're going to raise their stock. But if they want to move ground from the uh, Titans, you got to win this game. But at the end of the day, like you said, I trust Aaron Rodgers more than Phil Rivers, so I'm going with the Packers too. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let's go pack and go. Go pack go. Um, the next game, the last game of the 4 o'clock window, like I said, my survival pick for the week, which hopefully doesn't fuck me over by admitting this, but I picked the Minnesota Vikings to beat the Dallas Cowboys. This game, I don't know why this is in the 425 slot. I think maybe they expected both teams to be good because this literally, if you had to put like weekly games on like a bowl game, like I would probably label like the game we just talked about, like the Rose Bowl, for example. Like Colts Packers, but this game is like the I don't know the Red Box Bowl or like the Liberty Bowl or some like low name bowl game that's on like on a Saturday at like two p.m. That's this game right here, like a mediocrity bowl. Let's call it that because both teams, even that's the thing I love how the the Minnesota Vikings all of a sudden are four and five and it's like oh hey they could make a wild card push and the Patriots yes I'm going back to them are four and five everyone's going I don't know it may be over for them I'm like they're both four and five they both still have a fighting chance in my opinion uh, I'm going Vikings simply off the fact of remember what we saw with Cam when he came back from COVID where he wasn't 100% I think Dal- Dalton's going to be the same way I'm not saying they're exactly going to get their butts kicked but for me picking the Vikings too for my uh, survival pool it's just also a strong indicator, too. I'm not going to come on here and say, yeah, I hope the Dallas Cowboys win. No, I hope the Dallas Cowboys lose. Um, and also just because I straight up don't like the Dallas Cowboys. But if Adam Thielen can play well for me and Dalvin Cook can be shaky, that would be lovely. Oh, see, now I need I need Dalvin Cook to be amazing. I got him in my other league as well. <laughs> um, no, I, I like Minnesota in this one. I 
I didn't think, even when they started so poorly for how they did start the year, I I just I kept telling myself, don't don't wipe Minnesota off the table. Yeah, this is a this is twenty twenty. We got you know more teams in the playoffs this year. They got Dalvin Cook. Jeez, that again, you talk about a freaking rock star. That guy, that guy can carry your whole flipping team, man. Um, feeling as well, another good guy. Uh, I still trust. Pardon my noise up there. Uh, I'm going to say Minnesota wins this one, um, and I, I think they they're catching fire. They're they're catching pretty good fire, and don't stop Dalvin Cook now. But uh, I'll roll Minnesota. I, I, I'm like I said before, I'm rolling Minnesota too. But like Lee Corso said, closer than expected. I think this is going to be a sweated out game. For, I think this is going to be a sweated out game for Vikings fans and people who picked the Vikings to win the survival. I, a lot of everyone picked the Chargers in mind. It's just because I'm picking the Jets. That's why I was just like there. There was I was like there's just something telling me don't pick this team. So that's why I picked the Vikings. For those of you wondering, but I will pick. I probably I actually haven't picked the Hawks yet. So if I do win this week, I may go for the Hawks for next week against the Eagles. That's yeah. that's actually not a bad choice. Yeah. Um. We got two more games to talk about. Both primetime Sunday night football. Man, like five years ago, this game would be horrible. This is going to be a very intriguing Chiefs-Raiders game. Like, um, the Raiders are another team, too, where they're like this band of misfits that all of a sudden, hey, they're 6-3. and three. And, like, if you win this game, they're only, like, if the Raiders win this game, they're a game back of the, char- of, of the Chargers, of the Chiefs. But there was a little run-in with buses. Where I don't know if you know this or not, but the after the Raiders beat the Chiefs in Kansas City, they made the bus driver do a lap around Arrowhead Stadium. I didn't hear that. Yeah, they did a lap, what? and then <laughs> oh, okay. So this is a game. I think it's going to go one one of two ways. I think you're either going to see the Chiefs blow the doors off of them because they're coming off of a bye week, and Mahomes is going to be Mahomes, his Kermit sounding, ketchup loving self, <laughs> or the Raiders find a way to shut them down and get a win like last time. But I'm going to go with my. Not my gut, but I'm going to go with what's logical, and I'm going to go with the Chiefs. I think it is only logical to go with the Chiefs. I would want to say that the Raiders could pull off this upset, and I, I think that would be awesome. Uh, Raiders are another team. I mean, again, I've got a bunch of I've got a bunch of buddies who are Raider fans as well. Uh, so I think in terms of that, that helps. Uh, I'd like to see a competitive one here. I I don't want to see, especially on Sunday night. You know, the night before we all have to go back to work, even though short week, I think for a lot of us. Um, I don't. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't want to see a blowout. I want to see a game where, wow, Las Vegas, look at them hanging with the Chiefs. Because we know it. We know they're coming in style. Yeah, they're riding 6-3. and three, They're looking good. They're feeling good. John Gruden at the helm, there you go. Fine. Wonderful. But let's slow down a little bit here. Until I can see a little bit more, such as maybe a victory over Kansas City, maybe another big victory as well. Like, from this point on, then we'll think about it. But for now, I'm going to roll with Kansas City, but I want to see a competitive game. I want to see a game just like how I made a prediction. I forgot which game it was earlier, but I want to see the, for some reason, Raiders holding on to maybe a three-point, four-point lead, two minutes to go. I want to see what Patrick Mahomes can do, just like how Russell does it for us every week. I want to see that kind of game. It was Saints-Falcons, I think you said. I think where the Falcons kind of have like a 10-point lead going into the fourth yes. quarter, but then the Saints find a way, which could happen. Um, 
you know how I said they blow the doors off? You know what? The more I think about it, like, you're right. Like, you don't want to see that. You want, like, I want to see competitive football on Sunday night. Like, even though two weeks ago, for my parents, like, my parents, my dad's sake, I did enjoy watching the uh, Saints blow the doors off because he was really nervous going into that game, and we did not know what to expect. And you had everyone picking against the Saints, and then the Saints won by 35. I don't think it's going to happen tomorrow night, but I do think at the end of the day, you're going to have a lot more people picking the Chiefs to win than the Silver and Black. But you're right. I would like to see it as, like, you know what, that heavyweight fight where it's just like they're teetering, they're knocking out, and then the Chiefs just find, I think the Chiefs just find a way just to deliver that final blow and win the game. That's You know what, that's what I'd like to see. Because, honestly, you want to see a good game on Sunday Night Football. Always. Absolutely. And also, like, this year, there's been a lot of games where, with primetime, before we get into the Monday Nighter, where, like, if I, the Chiefs are Ravens, everyone's so excited, and I'm like, this game's whatever, and then you had, what's the game? Jets-Broncos, which was actually an exciting game of football. So it's always those games you don't expect to be exciting that are, and it's the games that you think highly of that kind of shit the bed, if you will. Always. Um, the last game of the weekend we got, ladies and gentlemen, is also too, by the way, actually just remembered, hey, it's not a, it's not a uh, full week for me because I am taking, I had vacation days, so I'm taking Thursday off to watch football. Don't got to celebrate with family or anything, but I'm taking it off to watch games. Smart man. Yeah. Smart man. And I have to sift, sift through a pile of crap, actually, for the first two games. But that's, that's me. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Detroit, Houston, Dallas, Washington, and then Pittsburgh, Baltimore. So it's like I say, you have to get through a burnt turkey to get to the delicious piece of pie at the end. Good, man. I like that. Yeah. I mean, stay that from me this week. Yeah, you, well, we have to eat burnt turkey to get to a delicious piece of whatever kind of pie you like, whether it's pumpkin, whether it's apple, or maybe it's a mixed berry pie, which is my personal favorite. But, um, yeah, but no, um, the Monday night game, Rams-Bucks, this is another game I expect to be a heavyweight bout, but I will say this, if Aaron Donald has his way, it's going to be very tough for the Bucks to win, but if Tom does Tom things, also, no, 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 never mind, I think it's either the Rams' defense is going to win them the game, or the Rams' offense is going to cost them the game, like, with ways of how, uh, if Jared Goff, because Jared Goff can look great one week and then he can look like a crock of shit the next. Absolutely. Absolutely. And take it from a guy, you know, the NFC West over here. I know it too well. Man, I don't like those Rams. I don't like them. I don't like them. And I'm not even not picking them because I don't like them. Uh, I'm, I think what you said about their offense costing them the game is actually going to be the victim in this one. It's not going to shock me in any way, shape, or form. And if Aaron Donald comes out and just is the biggest disruptor, which he has a tendency of being, uh, but I, I would like to see that Jared Goff struggle. I, I don't. God, he is so tricky to put the finger on. You're right. One week he looks like the rock star that he that, that he has the potential to be, and the other week he is looking like the the overdosed rock star that you know i don't know he's not showing up to play so um i think the rams offense will cost them this one uh now of course that's not to say oh wow you said the rams offense was going to cost them and they'll of course they may score a couple touchdowns they got woods they got cooper cup they got a good offense but i don't know if they're going to have enough bullets in the chamber to get the job done whereas tom brady will that's why i'm going to go tampa bay and Seahawks retain first place in the NFC West. And I'm going to go with Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay, whatever you want to call them. And I'm not going to say a score prediction, but I'm going to say by four. You know what? I like that a lot. I think you're right. At the end of the day, it's like how I said 
with the Chiefs Raiders game where Kansas City may just have a, a, enough just for that one last blowout, like that one last just slug. I think it's gonna be the same thing with the uh, with the Rams and the Bucks, where I think if you had Tom Brady going up against Jared Goff, I think Tom Brady's got more weapons. And not to knock what Jared Goff has, I know you do not like the uh, Raiders, uh, not Raiders, uh, Rams, excuse me. But when you look at it from the way we're looking at it, I'm gonna take Mike Evans and Chris Godwin over like a Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. Um, but also too, when it comes to defenses, though, like I said, if Brady gets sacked and you're forcing Brady to throw the ball, you're looking good because a lot of people are kind of, and that's the one thing I only think is the worst part of the Raider, the the Bucks game, excuse me, is their offensive line. So if the Bucks offensive line has a crappy day, um, it's going to be tough. But and also too for stuff like if how's Jalen Ramsey going to do against like a Mike Evans? Like if he can cover him like DK Metcalf, the Bucks are in trouble. But at the end of the day, I'm still going with the Bucks just because I do like you said. The bullets in the chamber, and also too, I do trust the Bucks more to get the job done than the Rams. But here's another thing too: both teams have struggled in prime time. Like the Bucks, all their losses have come when all eyes are on them. And the Rams too had that stinker Sunday night game against San Francisco when they were fully healthy. But then the next week they bounced back on Monday night and killed the Bears. But that's really not hard to do. No, no, not at all. Yeah, no, I think I think that'll be a good way to close out the week of, of uh, football. You know, I think I think Tom Brady, Jared Goff, uh, you know, some pretty recognizable teams, L.A. Rams and uh, Tampa Bay. But uh, no, you know, I think it's, it's going to be a good one. And uh, I think that's another kind of grab your popcorn and enjoy. You got a lot of stars on both squads, but uh I don't know, man. Let's let's keep on going, Tampa Bay. I'm, I'm I'm proud of Tom Brady. I don't think a lot of people really thought he was going to carry over the success, and he's going to Tampa Bay. Well, Tampa Bay is on the flipping map now. I I mean, you know, they haven't been for a little bit, and I don't know. I'm happy for the guy. I, I don't I don't care if I get disrespected for it or not. I mean, you got to respect the guy, whether you hate Tom Brady, you like Tom Brady. I've used the word respect a lot, and that's the kind of sports fan I am. I respect a lot of folks, even though I don't like them. I'll respect them like crazy, and that's what I do for Tom. You know what? Like you're right. Like and also too, like, me with Tom. Like I'm not looking to see the Bucks have success, but I'm looking to see Tom have success. Also, too, just because I was more pissed about like the Gronk stuff and the fact that they brought in Antonio Brown just because, and even too for like the way Bruce Arians has handled certain situations of saying like, "Oh no, we brought him in because our receiving core is depleted." And I'm like, "That's bullshit. You brought him in because Tom went in your office saying, go sign him right now.'" So that's the only. I don't like a person. I don't like. I said. Because Bruce Arians does better with teams that are kind of in that, like, weird, like, not rebuild, but that weird purgatory of they're not good enough to be good, but they're not bad enough to be awful. That's why I think he is more success. Kind of like what you saw with him with the Indi- um, with the Colts in the 2012 season and also, too, with the uh, when he was with the Cardinals. Um, but, no, we got an exciting weekend of football coming up for you guys for Sunday and the Monday Nighter, and then we got three games on next Thursday for Thanksgiving starting at 1230 um, but if we want to talk a little college quickly, because your Huskies, uh, I believe they play, is it Arizona tonight? Yep, they play uh, Arizona, 8 o'clock Eastern, 5 o'clock Pacific, and uh, no fans, but uh, I believe that one's going to be from Husky Stadium in Seattle. Okay, so they, that's one thing I was always wondering is where do they play? Was it in Seattle or is it just outside Seattle? Yeah, so so it is in uh, so it is in the heart of what's called the University District. So there is the stadium in Seattle itself. So you got the stadium, and then you walk maybe I want to say 
maybe a half a mile, maybe not even a half a mile, and then you walk, and then there's the campus. So you're you're pretty much in not in the heart of campus, but in the general vicinity. Okay, okay. Did they ever play games with the Hawks play or and the Sounders for that matter? Uh in terms of like the same like like the same days. No, not same days, but like say if there's a Saturday game that's like a big game, will they put them in? Uh, I believe it has a new name now in Seattle. Uh, Lumen Field. Yeah, do they ever play there or no? No, they they have played there in the past. Uh, they played there when their new stadium was getting built uh, a few years ago. But no, it's always going to be at Husky Stadium. And then, yeah, the Sounders and the Seahawks will play at Lumen. Uh, but, and the Dragons. Yeah, no, I like Husky Stadium. I uh, And I guess since here I am, I, uh, I actually graduated from the University of Washington in 2018. Uh, I graduated from the Tacoma branch. So there's three branches of the University of Washington. There's the main one in Seattle. So if you want to get into medicine or play sports, you go to Seattle. Uh, there's the Tacoma branch, which I did. I like to stay close to home and smaller class sizes. And then there's one north of Seattle, which is UW Bothell. Uh, but yeah, I'm a 2018 University of Washington alumni. Go dogs and um, yeah, it's uh, Husky Stadium is something very cool for everyone wanting a little taste of the West Coast. Uh, there's tailgating, but we have sailgating, and that is where you get on your boat. You, I mean, if you got a boat, you or you have to know some people with boats. Uh, you go on a boat, you just park your boat right on the dock. It's like right on the shore of the lake, which is where we play. It's on the shores of Lake Washington. And you pull up, you barbecue, you drink, you do your games or whatever you want to do. And yeah, it's a lot of fun. People disrespect the Pac-12. I I know it's not the SEC. I know it's not the Big Ten, Big 12. You have ACC. I know it's not. But it's West Coast football, and it's and, and it's meant a lot to me as as a kid growing up. I always wanted to sit in the student section, which is the dog pack, and I finally got to live out that dream uh, for a couple of years. And so, uh, I don't know. I, I think if you ever do get a chance, uh, West Coast or uh, East Coast folks or whoever's listening to this that's not on the West Coast, uh, really, please stay up and watch some Pac-12 football. I know Oregon. Ugh, God. Ugh, the ducks. Uh, what is this uh, podcast? Is this PG, PG-13, rated R? Not rated R, but let's say PG-13. Like, I swear often. Okay. Um, fuck the ducks. I don't like the ducks. Um, I'm just going to say that. I Huskies and ducks have a big rivalry. Um, if I wanted on the Oregon campus, I would just go to take a leak. Um, but other than that... Um, please watch Pac-12 football, and I think it deserves a lot more respect than it gets. Um, I should say, I'm not... I'm not like guilty of uh, disrespecting the Pac-12 and saying, oh, it sucks. I'm just guilty in the sense, when I say guilty, with disrespecting it, just in the sense of being, when it does come to the Power 5 conferences and the playoff, I think they are disrespected. And I think, like I say, too, there's a lot of that, oh, hey, they don't necessarily deserve to be in the playoff, especially this year, just because with the shortened season and COVID and everything. But if there's a team that can run the table out there and somehow make some noise and make a case for it, I think you can because I don't. The Big Twelve is another one. Like I even remember last year, my uh, it was again back to my mom. She was asking me Oklahoma, LSU, who's going to win. I said LSU's going to knock the doors off them. Big Twelve doesn't know how to play defense. Lo and behold, Big Twelve got their asses whooped. So if I had to pick between a Pac-12 and a Big Twelve team to make the playoff, I would pick a Pac-12 squad. But we'll see what happens this year because there there are there were moments with the Pac-12 I find where you did have some good like Stanford's kind of come back down. UCLA UCLA sucks. Um, USC is kind of like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Washington State, uh, same thing. 
but especially I, after losing Mike Leach, yeah. Yeah, but I feel like with uh, you, I, I feel like with you guys mainly, your biggest rival, like it seems like you're, you have more rivalry with Oregon than Washington State. Like I know a lot of teams have in in state, like even for example, how I feel like Michigan fans hate Ohio State more than they hate Michigan State. Um, Miguel, if you're listening to this, Wazoo is the little brother. Wazoo is the little brother. You know it to be true. And that goes for all you Coug fans out there. And yeah, dude, you're you're 150% correct. There is no rivalry with Wazoo. We've beaten them now, is it seven years, eight years in the Apple Cup? The Ducks, that's another one. You want to know why Duck fans go like this? And I know everyone probably can't see this because we're on a podcast, but I'm holding up the Duck O. That's how many national championships they have. So there you go. Yeah, they came close a few years ago, but then they lost to Ohio State. They... They're a weird team where it's like they always they're always relevant, but they're never winning. It's like the like someone I would say that the Houston Rockets of collegiate football, like you know where they they win they they, they're always flashy, they're always good, but they can never get the big one. Like I know they won the Rose Bowl last year, but they haven't won a Natty. And I think you're measured on Natties. Then like I know for Wisconsin fans, they would love to win a Rose Bowl, but you're measured on your national championships and your Natties. Then and for everyone saying oh Natty, I'm like it's just a term people use. I don't know. But the only thing I have to say about the Pac-12, too, is, like, uh, we'll talk about your game in a little bit, but, like, even to the two Arizona schools, like, they always have talent, but they're never complete teams. And then Utah's an interesting one. And Stanford's the other one where they were good, but then now I feel like they're just kind of meh. Stanford, I think, with David Shaw, I think I think David Shaw is a hell of a coach. I think that, yeah, especially after losing, uh, I think, obviously, they, they've had some studs there. They've had Andrew Luck, obviously, uh, McCaffrey. Uh, they've had a bunch of really good guys at Stanford. I know it's, it's kind of weird to see Stanford go down a little bit, especially, like I said, with David Shaw. Uh, USC is definitely, I know Clay Helton, they've been, man, one week he's going to get fired, another week he's not going to get fired. So I, I'd like to see... USC move on to a coach almost like they had with Pete Carroll like that that guy that's going to be with them and like not any sort of like special like sort of couple year things like how I think Lane Kiffin was their coach for a couple seconds there so I think as they say the Pac-12 is always good the Pac-12 is always good when USC is good and I know that sounds kind of weird but we need a lot of those good schools to be good even despite me with Oregon when Oregon is good and a lot of good teams are in the Pac-12 it's it's a fun conference. And now Herm Edwards in Arizona State. So, yeah, it's an up-and-coming conference. Now, as much as I love and appreciate you for saying that we would be the ones to rock the Pac-12, this year is tricky, A, because COVID has reduced the schedule down to only six, now I guess five games for us, unless we can find any more. But look, it, I hate to say it, it's got to be Oregon. Now, I don't know if Oregon can do it this year because the schedule is so short in the Pac-12, but... I hate to say it, Oregon's really been the only one that has come close. I mean, yeah, we played Alabama, what, four years ago, and we got our doors blown out. But, uh, no, you're right, Oregon has been the one that's been closest. But uh, when it's our turn, then we'll be talking. Um, the only thing I was going to say, too, is you mentioned that. I just had a sports center update come on during Northwestern Wisconsin of the Pac-12 that UCLA and Oregon are actually tied right now. Ooh! So, Let's go Bruins. I don't know what the hell happened to the Bruins, but like they used to be such a prominent program, and it seems like I feel like I don't know if it's recruiting or what it is with them. Um, the only other thing I was going to say about the Pac-12 is, look, I don't think it's necessarily frowned upon. I think it's just like when people see it, they kind of know, hey, there's like they don't like kind of, and also because a lot of the games get shuffled into later windows, like how for example, like eight o'clock is a good time for you guys, like for us, excuse me. 
But when a game's at like 7.30 on a Saturday night with your time, which is 10.30 here, I feel like a lot of people kind of forget about it. So that's what the big thing is. But I feel like, look, if you just put you guys on more at like those 4 or 5 o'clock starts, you may get some more East Coast eyes on it. Um, but as for tonight for your Huskies, what do you see? Like, do you think they'll pull off the win against the Wildcats? Bear, I, I don't even know why they, they say bear down. It's like when I say with Auburn, I'm like, what's War Eagle when you're the Tigers? Yeah. I've always wondered that, too. I know, and I don't have too many friends that went to uh, Arizona, so I don't know much about the Bearedale thing. So you're not going to uh, stupid people. Yeah, Got it. I am going to say that tonight the Huskies are going to have a pretty solid game. Um, last week we saw their quarterback, uh, Dylan Morris. He had a pretty pretty good start to the year. Uh, didn't throw any touchdowns or interceptions, but, you know, he got the job done. Uh, running backs, uh, Sean McGrew, um, and then we got uh, Richard Newton, Um it's so funny. There's been so little uh, Pac-12 this year. I still got to kind of brush up on my guys. Uh, <laughs> I, I sound like a bad fan, but uh, it's been a tricky season to say the least. Uh, but to answer your question, yeah, this should be a game they should take care of business. Uh, Arizona has been one that Arizona's given us. I mean, not fits, but they've always kept it close with us uh, every time that we've played them. Um, but then again, you know, the Huskies and the Seahawks over the last few years, they just don't. They um, Unless it is a game like Huskies against some... North Dakota, Southern, or Southern, whatever, you know, it's going to be a blowout. The Huskies in the Pac-12 over the last few years haven't been able to really take care of business in terms of getting the game over with. Uh, losing Chris Peterson kind of came out of really nowhere, but uh, he, he left. He just didn't really want to take it anymore. He's actually in a better position at the university itself. Uh, so now having uh, the defensive coach, Jimmy Lake, step into the head coaching duties, uh, I think it's going to take him a year, maybe two, to kind of get things really going. I know he worked so closely with Chris Peterson, so he knows the schemes. Uh, but games like tonight are games that I think he should get it right. Uh, I know last week was the first game, so you may have some first-week jitters. But, uh, look, you're not playing Oregon. You're not playing USC. You're not even playing Wazoo. You're playing Arizona, a team that's, you know, I mean, the I think the line was uh, 11 and a half. I believe we had that. Uh, I would take the... I would take the under, not by much, though. I'd say this is going to be a game maybe we squeeze by. I know I've made it seem like, oh, this is a game where we should win and whatever, but again, it's Pac-12 this evening, Arizona, funky stuff happening in the Pac-12 this year. I'm going to say we're going to win. I say it's going to look easy a little bit later, whereas the first two and a half quarters are going to be like, okay, we got a game. But then I think in the fourth quarter, the Huskies just find a way to tack on, the, I don't know, a couple touchdowns. So W, but take the under. Because uh, the under right now is, uh, the over-under is 53, so we'll see what happens there. But if we're going to go, I'm going to say 35-21 they win. Like where it's a close-ish game, uh, they cover the 11.5 spread. In um, the other game too, that's also later, is um, that USC-Utah game could be quite intriguing. Um, and also, too, this is this game I saw. I forgot to see. Is it in? So it's in Husky Stadium, right? It's not in Tucson. Yeah, and I don't want to come off as a liar. I'm like ninety nine point nine percent sure that it is. And now I'm not finding any of my teams. But yes, uh, I am more than positive it is. And now, if I can actually finish this, I can tell you for a fact. For a fact. Ah, pressure. No, it's looking like it is at Husky Stadium. Okay, so the Huskies won't lose any IQ points by walking into Tucson, Arizona. 
uh, that's what I mean. <laughs> no, so clear, that you're not friends with any dumb people or any uh, idi- or anyone with a potential ST. Oh no, that's Arizona State. I was about to make that joke. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like the joke from Ted. Oh, I went to ASU. Oh, you went to HPVU. Good for you. Um, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, because um, Arizona State, though, huge party school and everything, where I feel like they care about their partying more than their football. But uh, no, like you said, we'll see what happens tonight with that game. But. Um, the only thing I got left to say is, man, we've been talking for a little bit now, but thank you very much for coming on. It was a pleasure. We'll have to get you back on again sometime, maybe some other football folks. Uh, unfortunately, guys, a big grad, for those of you wondering, we're so late. There was just some uh, miscommunication error. Not miscommunication, but there was just some uh, some stuff came up with him that he got busy to where uh, by the time... Actually, I'm not going to get into it. It's just, you know what, stuff happens. Life happens. Life gets in the way. It's 2020. As oh, Wisconsin, I think, is going to beat Northwestern here. Even though it's still the second quarter, they're uh, just... Uh, wait, we never know. Um, just stuff happened. Uh, but anyway, guys, like I said, Alex, thanks for coming on. Probably thank you so much for chest. having me. Really, my friend, thank you so much. This means a lot. I'm happy to be back in the YWC sort of things. I guess it's been so long since I've said that. But uh, yeah, man, you guys keep listening to this dude's podcast, man. This is fun. I appreciate it so much. 41 episodes deep. I'm not stopping anytime soon. Oh, as... Wisconsin gets an interception, but it's deferred by pass interference, so Northwestern gets the ball. Um, but no, like I said, thank you for coming on. Uh, it is YWC, but just a little spoiler to the rest of you. I'm thinking about rebranding it. Plans for that will be coming out soon. Maybe, you know what, 21, try to move on from YWC because we don't talk a lot of wrestling on here. I just make little references from time to time. But anyway, Alex, thanks for coming on. I'm really glad you enjoyed it. We'll talk again soon, get you back on sometime soon. But anyway, guys, enjoy Week 11, and for anyone who's a Pac-12 fan or who's not a Pac-12 fan, hopefully you learned something today. But anyway, I think Alex just wants to leave on the note saying go dogs, and hopefully, go dogs. His, hopefully his Huskies get a win tonight. Like I said, thank you very much once again. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com.